Hello everyone, I am now reading The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, Chapter 4, The Road Through the Forest. After a few hours, the road began to be rough, and the walking grew so difficult that the scarecrow often stumbled over the yellow brick, which were here very uneven. Sometimes, indeed, they were broken or missing altogether, leaving holes that Toto jumped across and Dorothy walked around. As for the scarecrow, having no brains, he walked straight ahead, and so stepped into the holes and fell at full length on the hard bricks. Well, you only learn by mistakes, I guess. And when you learn by mistakes, you don't commit those mistakes again. And that again is a sign of having a brain. But alright, let's read ahead. It never hurt him, however. Well, you have to have a brain to feel hurt as well. And Dorothy would pick him up and set him upon his feet again, while he joined her in laughing merrily at his own mishap. The farms were not nearly so well cared for here as they were farther back. There were fewer houses and fewer fruit trees, and the farther they went, the more dismal and lonesome the country became. I like the previous paragraph quite a bit. I mean, it has quite a, lit a lot to think about. So, the scarecrow is already said to be without a brain, and a person without a brain is, well, a person without thought. And this person is willing to laugh at his own mishap. So, does that mean people who are stupid laugh at their own mistakes? Well, quite possibly, but... There should be a deeper interpretation to this. Well, he for sure is making mistakes and jumping right into the mistakes repeatedly. It's not just once that he's falling into the holes. But alright, let's go to the next paragraph. The farms... Oh, we've already finished this. Next page. At noon, they sat down by the roadside, near the little brook, and Dorothy opened her basket and got out some bread. She offered a piece to the scarecrow, but he refused. I am never hungry, he said, and it is a lucky thing I am not, for my mouth is only painted, and if I should cut a hole in it so I could eat, the straw I am stuffed with would come out, and that would spoil the shape of my head. But that does require a brain to comprehend, so... All right, then. <laughs> okay. Dorothy saw at once that this was true, so she only nodded and went on eating her bread. Tell me something about yourself and the country you came from, said the scarecrow. When she had finished her dinner, so she told him all about Kansas and how grey everything was there and how the cyclone had carried her to this queer land of Oz. The scarecrow listened carefully and said, I cannot understand why you would wish to leave this beautiful country and go back to the dry, grey place that you call Kansas. Yeah. What? You always really need to have a motivation for the things that you're doing because 
there's always going to be a counterpoint that makes it look bad. She wants to go back to her parents or the people or her guardians. That is because you have no brains, answered the girl. No matter how dreary and grey our homes are, we people of flesh and blood would rather live there than in any other country. Be it ever so beautiful, there is no place like home. Well, yeah. The scarecrow sighed. Of course, I cannot understand it, he said. If your heads were stuffed with straw like mine, you would probably all live in the beautiful places. Then Kansas would have no people at all. It is fortunate for Kansas that you have brains. Ah, this is pretty damn deep. Well. Alright, so. Let's start with the scarecrow being dumb. So. Or, not dumb. Not having a brain. My, my bad. So. The scarecrow said. That. People are weird because they're willing to go and live in places that aren't pretty. Whereas he would never do that. He would always want to choose the place that is better. But then we also have an evaluation matrix in, in some sense that we don't just look at it unidimensionally. We're pretty multidimensional. And when humans evaluate a choice, those dimensions play an important role. And okay, let's go through the paragraph again. Of course, I cannot understand it, he said. If your heads were stuffed with straw like mine, you would probably all live in the beautiful places. And then Kansas would have no people at all. It is fortunate for Kansas that you have brains. But then, why would one not want, why would one live in places that are not beautiful if they have the choice to live in beautiful places? Dorothy already gave that answer that you want to live with the people that raised you and the place that you were raised in. And that attaches a certain sense of beauty. But with that acknowledged, does the scarecrow not have a certain amount of wisdom in himself? Why would you go through the pain knowing that there is a better place that you could choose for and all you had to do was shift? Anyway, won't you tell me a story while we are resting, asked the child. The scarecrow looked at her reproachfully and answered, My life has been so short that I really know nothing whatever. I was only made day before yesterday. What happened in the world before that time is all unknown to me. Luckily, when the farmer made my head, one of the first things he did was to paint my ears so that I heard that was what was going on. There was another munchkin with him. And the first thing I heard the farmer saying, and the first thing I heard was the farmer saying, How do you like those ears? 
They aren't straight, answered the other. Never mind, said the farmer. They're just years the same. It was true enough. Another evaluation over here, right? Should you be aiming for perfection or should you be aiming to complete the task at hand? And which one matters more? Now, I'll make the eyes, said the farmer. So he painted my right eye. And as soon as it was finished, I found myself looking at him and at everything around me with a great deal of curiosity, for this was my first glimpse at the world, of the world. That's a rather pretty eye, remarked the munchkin, who was watching the farmer. Blue paint is just the color for eyes. I think I'll make the other a little bigger, said the farmer, and when the second eye was done, I could see much better than before. Then he made my nose and my mouth. But I did not speak, because at that time, I did not know what a mouth was for. I had the fun of watching them make my body and my arms and legs. And when they fastened on my head at last, I felt very proud, for I thought I was just as good a man as everyone. Does a body make a person just as good as everyone else? I mean, then it goes into the eugenics argument. <laughs> this fellow will scare the crows fast enough, said the farmer. He looks just like a man. Why, he is a man, said the other, and I quite agreed with him. The farmer carried me under his arm to the cornfield and set me up on a tall stick. Where you found me? He and his friend soon after walked away and left me alone. I did not like to be deserted this way, so I tried to walk after them, but my feet would not touch the ground, and I was forced to stay on that pole. It was a lonely life to lead, for I had nothing to think of, having been made such a little while before. Many crows and other birds flew into the cornfield, but as soon as they saw me, they flew away again, thinking I was a munchkin, and this pleased me and made me feel that I was quite an important person. By and by, an old crow flew near me, and after looking at me carefully, he perched upon my shoulder and said, I wonder if that farmer thought to fool me in this clumsy manner. Any crow of sense could see that you are only stuffed with straw. It's only after the fact that the crow said it, right? It's not before the fact when he was flying around. Hindsight is a gift. It should be treated as such. Then he hopped down at my feet and ate all the corn he wanted. The other birds, seeing he was not harmed by me, came to eat the corn too. So in a short time, there was a great flock of them about me. I felt sad at this, for it showed I was not such a good scarecrow after all. But the old crow comforted me, saying, If you only had brains in your head, you'd be as good a man as any of them, and a better man than some of them. <laughs> yeah. 
If you only had brains in your head, you would be as good a man as any of them, and better man and a better man than some of them. Well, he, the scarecrow has been primed by the crow, saying that the scarecrow does not have a brain. And that's why the scarecrow believes that he does not have a brain because the crow told him so. And then he's also said that because the scarecrow doesn't have a brain, he's not as good as the rest. And the only way he would be as good as the rest would be by having a brain. When the crow said, I'm a better man than some of them, He still does refer to the people with brains. But bad in what's I mean better in what sense? Better as in smarter or better as in making choices or better by not being evil. Alright, let's go ahead. Brains are the only thing worth having in this world, no matter whether one is a crow or a man. The scarecrow thinks... No, the crow thinks that he's better than the scarecrow and tries to equate himself to the man by saying that it has a brain and the scarecrow does not have a brain. Which again is very interesting because the crow calls the munchkin a man. So are munchkin men? Why are they obsessed with blue then? Why do they believe in witches? Where the people of Kansas do not? Which again brings me to my other interpretation that I was working on, that this is a dream of the child. And that answers quite a fair bit too. Still, none of the occurrences, none of the things that you observe over here are outside of the realm of experience of a child. Alright, to the next line. Next paragraph, my bad. After the crows had gone, I thought this over and decided I would try hard to get some brains. By good luck, you came along and pulled me off the stake. And from what you say, I'm sure the Great Oz will give me brains as soon as we get to the Emerald City. You motivate people and get them to follow you by showing them what they have in it for themselves as well. I hope so, said Dorothy, honestly, since you seem anxious to have them. Oh yes, I am anxious, returned the scarecrow. It is such an uncomfortable feeling to know one is a fool. If one knows one is a fool, does that still make them fool? The biggest fools are the ones that do not know that they're fools. Am I a fool? <laughs> well, said the girl, let us go. And she handed the basket to the scarecrow. There were no fences at all by the roadside now, and the land was rough and untilled. Toward evening, they came to a great forest, where the trees grew so big and close together that their branches met over the road of yellow brick. It was almost dark on the trees, for the branches shut out the daylight. But the travelers did not stop and went on into the forest. Well, the forest is dangerous, I presume. 
If this road goes in, it must come out, said the scarecrow. As the Emerald City is at the other end of this road, we must go wherever it leads us. Anyone would know that, said Dorothy. Certainly, that is why I know it, returned the scarecrow. If it required brains to figure it out, I never should have said that. Said it. If the road goes in, it must come out. <laughs> I don't know where the depth is. Maybe I'm just too dumb to realize it. But then did Dorothy know that actually? Because why would she say that anyone would know that? Hmm. After an hour or so, the light faded away, and they found themselves stumbling along in the darkness. Dorothy could not see at all, but Toto could. For some dogs see very well in the dark, and the scarecrow declared he could see as well as by day. So she took hold of his arm and managed to get along fairly well. If you see any house or any place where we can pass the night, she said, you must tell me, for it is very uncomfortable walking in the dark. Soon their scarecrow stopped. I see a little college, cottage at the right of us, he said, built of logs and branches. Shall we go there? Yes, indeed, answered the child. I am all tired out. So the scarecrow led her through the trees until they reached the cottage, and Dorothy entered and found a bed of dried leaves in one corner. She lay down at once, and with Toto beside her, soon fell into a sound sleep. The scarecrow, who was never tired, stood up in another corner and waited patiently until morning came. Chapter End Well, I liked it. Very convenient to have found the cottage. How the scarecrow was seeing, I don't know. That's a question for a later time. I hope audio quality was better today. And if it was, write me a mail. Alright, bye-bye.